All right. Uh, well, guys, it is Christmas season, and for us that means it is Advent season. Uh, that may not make a lot of sense to you. Uh, some of you are like, what on earth is Advent? Um, I was that way too. I had no idea what it was. Uh, historically, Advent has been celebrated throughout the world, uh, all kinds of different denominations. And what it is, is it is the season of preparation um, where we celebrate the coming of Jesus. In fact, the word Advent actually means coming. So we celebrate the first coming of Jesus, and, and we do it for a whole month, and that's meant to stir our hearts so that we might anticipate and pray for the second coming of Jesus. And we do that by setting aside four Sundays where we focus on a, a, a few topics. And so uh, every year it's kind of the same focus, different messages, uh, but so we're going to light um, five candles in total. Um, tonight, if you join us, is, is where we're, you're like, we didn't sing any Christmas songs. You said it's Christmas season. That's tonight. We start tonight. You have to come back. We did it on purpose, okay? So if you're like, man, I love Christmas. Cool. Come back tonight. Uh, we've got a cool fellowship. We're going to sing Christmas music. We're going to light our first Advent candle tonight. Um, it's going to be awesome, and so we want to invite you into that. But we light five candles. It's the candle of hope, the candle of peace, the candle of joy, the candle of love, and then Christmas Eve, when we have our candlelight uh, service Christmas Eve, we will light the Christ candle. And uh, guys, churches have been doing this forever, all over the world. And, and so we're going to join them uh, this morning in that. So um, what I want to do is I want to ask you for a favor. You're going to need a Bible this morning. Um, if you have one, I would love for you to open it up to Romans chapter 5. We're going to be in Romans chapter 5. We're also going to be in Hebrews 6, but I'll, I'll have a slide uh, for you for that. Also, you're going to need a bulletin. If you did not get one of these um, when you came in this morning, that's cool. We have a digital version of this as well. Uh, the digital version has hyperlinks to all the scriptures, so you can click on them and see what we're reading. And again, you just open up the camera app on your phone, point at the QR code behind my head, and, uh, and you can get all that um, ready to go. We do ask that you take notes. It's part of our DNA here. And uh, when we, when, worship is a participatory sport. So when we sing, we sing. When we pray, we pray. When we give, we give. And when we study God's Word, we're actually going to study it together, read it together, take notes. Uh, that's kind of the deal. So I'm going to pray for our time in God's Word, and then we'll jump in. Father, um, we just ask that uh, you'd move in a powerful way. Holy Spirit, we recognize your role. You are the teacher of this church. Come now and fill our pulpit. And um, by your power... Uh, lift up Jesus and exalt him in our midst that we might see him more clearly than we have in a long time and that we might want him more than we, we did when we walked through these doors. God, we love you. We ask these things in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. Uh, so guys, this morning we're going to do something a little different. Um, we call these responsive readings, and we're going to start uh, by doing a series of them. I've got four readings, and the way it's going to work is I'm going to read the stuff in white, and you read the stuff in yellow. Okay, that, that tends to work really well, except I decided to mess with you on the second slide. On the second slide, uh, you're still reading the stuff in yellow, but you start and I finish. And there's a reason for it. it. There's a word that I want you to say five times in four slides, okay? And we'll see if you pick up on it, all right? But we're going to start uh, right here. Here's the first one, Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. You guys say out loud. Awesome. Isaiah 40, verse 31. You start. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Uh, Romans 15, 12 through 13. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles.
I think we just spoke in tongues. Uh, <laughs> First Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, y'all did really good for Baptists, okay? Uh, I've gone to a lot of conferences in my life. You can always figure out who the Baptists are in the room. They're looking at the screen trying to figure out when to clap. Like, and so, I, I mean, this is harder than clapping, right? Saying things, same cadence. Y'all did awesome. Um, really, really good. Uh, who remembers what the first candle represents? Hope. Good job. Good job. And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. Just one big idea this morning, and we're going we're to talk about why we have that hope. But here's the big idea, guys. I want you to write this down. Is our, our hope is in who Jesus is and what he's done for us. When we talk about Advent, when we like the first candle, when we talk about hope, uh, we need to know that our hope is in who Jesus is and, and it's in what he has done for us. So the scriptures that we just read, they speak of Jesus as Lord. Right? And what that means when we say that He's Lord, it means that He is the one that the Bible had talked about that was going to come, that was known as the Messiah, uh, that was going to be the Son of God. In fact, one of, of the scriptures we read was, was really a prophecy. It said that the Messiah was going to come from the root of Jesse. And, and that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. So, so our hope is in who Jesus is. But, but even, even more than that, because of who he is, our hope is in what he's done for us, right? And that's what I want to focus on with you this morning. I want to talk to you about what Jesus has done for us. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, what happens to us, right? When we believe on him uh, wholeheartedly for the very first, like when we say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I want you to come into my life. I am a wreck. I have messed this up. I need you. I am turning to you. You are Lord. That means you're in, you're in control right? I am, I am yours. When that happens, what happens to us? And, and what we just read, uh, or what we will, will read here together uh, when we get into Romans 5 and Hebrews 6, is we're going to find four things happen to us when we put our faith in him. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm in Romans chapter 5. I'm going to love you enough to also put the verses on the screen, okay? So, so here they are, Romans uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So much in those two verses, and we're going to break those down in a second, but let's read the last three of Romans 5. Uh, here it is, 3 through 5. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is all what Jesus has done. And then Hebrews 6.19. Uh, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. That's the Holy of Holies. It says Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner because he has become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So guys, our big idea is our hope is in who Jesus is and what he has done for us. So I want to talk to you again about what he has done for us. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, what happens to us? Four things, okay? There are kind of sub-points there under that main idea on your notes. And here's the first, guys. Uh, when we put our faith in Jesus, we are justified. All right? 
when we put our faith in Jesus, we are justified. You don't have to understand the word yet, just write it down. Uh, and when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are, are justified. And we're just going to walk through those verses we read. Uh, again, I'm going to highlight some different things this time. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. That, that, that those two verses are saying that it is through faith in Jesus Christ that we... Something happens to us because of our faith in Jesus. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are justified. That's the word. You go, pastor, that's cool. That sounds like a cool thing. Ever heard a word and you thought, that sounds cool, right? Anybody? Just, just me? Anybody ever like see a restaurant? Just Anybody else fall for marketing? I'm a sucker for marketing, okay? Y'all, I wanted to be a marketing major in college. I was a marketing major in college, and then some things happened, and I had to switch because I had a wedding date planned, and I needed to graduate. But, uh, but, but, so we'll go out, hoping I visit a new city, and she is like, hey, hey, listen to me, look at me, look at me, because she knows me. She's like, Miname, okay, look at me, all right? Listen, we're only going to places that have reviews above like four and a half stars, whatever, right? Like whatever, whatever. Like when we went to Savannah, it's like it had to be at least four point two stars. Whatever the the deal was, she's like only that because I will walk by. Oh, that place looks cool. She's like, no, babe, no. They have a cool sign. It doesn't mean that they're good. Okay. Um. So so I'm just 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 saying. So when you when you hear the word justified, I don't I don't know about you, but just that sounds like a cool world. Like that's a cool word. Well, it is. It's a really cool word. And so what I want to do though is I want to explain that word to you. Because what it means is even cooler than how it sounds. And, and here's, here's how we define what it means to be justified by faith. Uh, justification, this is by a guy named Wayne Grudem wrote this definition. Justification is an instantaneous legal act of God uh, in which uh, a few things happen, right? So it's an instantaneous legal act of God in which uh, God thinks of our sins as forgiven. So, so immediately... Sins are forgiven, and Christ's righteousness now belongs to us, legally. Like, it's law. It's spiritual law. It's been declared by God. That's the rule now. So when we are just, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, okay, we, all of our sins are forgiven, and all of Christ's righteousness is given to us. The, the big word for that, it's imputed unto us. And God keeps heavenly books, and he changes our heavenly books. Like in the heavenly books, we've all sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. The wage of sin is death. Okay, so God takes all that debt of sin, and he places it upon Jesus. And it's gone forever. Okay, and then he takes all the righteousness of Jesus and he places that in our account. So all of our debt is gone, all of the credit of Jesus is ours, and because of that, God declares us righteous in his sight. Now I want to highlight a couple things. Number one, y'all, it's instantaneous. The moment you receive Jesus, that happens, right? Some of you have a wrong thought. You think, well, this God sounds good. Man, I kind of want him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move towards him. But, you know, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta get all this stuff right. I got to get all these things right. And, and, and eventually I'll stop doing that. And then I'll stop doing that. And then I'll stop doing that. And then I'll start to feel like God really loves me. No! Man, it's instantaneous. It is by grace that you are saved through faith, not by works. So there is nothing you can do to be justified. It's what Jesus does for you when you put your faith and trust in him. Instantaneous. It's huge, right? It's instantaneous. It's based in, in grace. It's about Christ's righteousness imputed unto us. 
And so guys, this, this has some huge effects. This justification has some huge effects, and that's kind of what the rest of the message will be about this morning. This justification means that when we put our faith and trust in Christ, we have peace with God. It means we have peace with God. Right? That's crazy. We have peace with God. Again, I'm back in Romans. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are justified by faith through the grace of God, when we are justified, we have peace with God. That the story of the Bible is that God loves us, that he made us in his image, that he made us to be with him, and that we rebelled. And when you rebel against someone, you become their enemy. And, and the wage of sin is death, and there's a great chasm between us and God. And the Bible says we were actually enemies of God because we said, nope, you're not king, we are. We're taking over. It's a coup, right? And God says, man, I love you. I'm going to pursue you in my son Jesus. And, and, and so he, 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 he prophesies, I'm, I'm sending someone to make this right. What you've done, I'm going to make right. You can't make it right. I'm going to make it right for you. And he sends his son Jesus. Jesus fulfills the law perfectly. We'll talk about that in a second. Dies in our place. God accepts his death as a sacrifice for our sins. And all who believe now have peace with God because they've been justified. It means that all, this, this is huge, all the hostility that was there between God and between humans because of our sin, all the hostility is removed. Yeah. Not only was all the hostility removed, all the legal obligation of debt is removed. Hello. Anybody like that right now? Would that be good for you? Right? Just like, like if I was like, hey, listen, church did really well this year. Just... Uh, what, what kind of debt do you have? Just bring it. We'll pay it off. You guys be like, that's the best church ever. We're not there yet, but if you want to continue to give, we'll work in on that. Right? Man, listen, those things that came between us and God. I, I don't know if you've ever lent money to anybody. You ever do that? Come on, anybody ever lend money to somebody else? It affects the relationship, doesn't it? It does. There's great debt. It affects the relationship. All those barriers are removed because we've been justified in Jesus. Isn't that good? And so now we have peace with God. We're no longer his enemies. There's, there's no longer the legal obligation of debt. Because of this, we no longer have to live in fear of God's wrath. But instead, we get to look forward to his favor. Whoo, boy, that's a switch. Can you imagine? Let's go back in the day. Pick your battle. I don't, I don't care which one you want to pick. Just pick World War I. I don't know, the American Revolution, whatever, whatever one you want to pick. Just imagine, like, you go back, you know, old school, you've got all the people lined up, you're there, you're a soldier, you're like, I'm ready, you know, you got your gun, you've got, got it ready, you, you only get one shot, and then, then you've got to stand there while you reload, somebody's going to shoot you. But you're there, you're ready to go, man, they got, they got the guns aimed at you, they got the cannons aimed at you. And then all of a sudden, somebody goes, hey, truce! We want to give you gold and treasure. We want to love you and we want you to be part of us. You'd be like, what? What? That's what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. He's taken all that separated us. He's taken all uh, that hurt, all that anger. He's taken all that wrath and he's turned it into favor. Whew. That's what justification does. So justification brings peace. Uh, justification didn't just do that. It also means that we have access to the Father. We put our faith and trust in Jesus. 
We're made right. We're justified. That brings us peace. That also gives us access to the Father. Because we're justified, because our sin is removed, right? We get Jesus' righteousness. We now have access. Again, Romans 5, 1 and 2. Uh, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And what, what is that? What is the grace in which we now stand? Here it is. Ready? We once were enemies, but now we're children. That's the grace in which we now stand. We went from enemies to becoming children of God. Not, not just people that He puts up with, but we became His, his children. Uh, I'm in Romans 8, 15. It says, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Put our faith and trust in Christ. God says, not only are you good, He says, you're mine. You're mine. We're adopted by God. Now, adoption's a big deal, y'all. I don't think there's a better way to live out the gospel than adoption, quite frankly. Uh, In Texas alone, There are more kids in foster care that are going to age out of the system than there are homes available. Uh, That's something that my wife, uh, it was big on her heart. She always for a long time said, she felt called to adopt before we ever had, uh, we we ever had any kids. She was like, hey, I I think we're supposed to be called to adopt. And I was like, are you sure? Um, You know, I was like, I don't know. And and, and God kept working on my heart and working on my heart. And, And then she said, hey, even if we don't adopt, I think we're supposed to be foster parents. I said, whoa, hold on, foster parents, wait a second. You mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour my love into a child and that child could just not be, not be mine? I, I could only be a season. She's like, yeah, that's, that's what I think God's calling us to. And if the Lord opens the door, then so be it. But I think this is what we're going to do. And I remember we went to class. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I was like, okay, yeah. And after my first time, I was like, I'm in. Okay, let's do this. And we had all these little calls and nothing worked out. And then I remember we, we got a call. It's like the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we had a small group at that time that was about 40. Okay, with all the kids involved. It wasn't really a small group. It was pretty large. And we had them all over at the parsonage. Uh, and so our house was a wreck. And I got a call about 2 o'clock saying, it's happening! And it was almost like she was pregnant again. And it was like, it was like that moment. And she said, CPS is coming! It was like, the, the, the British are coming! The British are coming! Light, light a candle! I don't, and she was like, and now listen, at that time, y'all, back then, we didn't have a Walmart in Elgin. Okay? So they're coming, two-month-old, baby girl, we don't have any. She's running, she's driving to Taylor now. I said, wait a second, they're coming, what am I doing? She said, you have to clean the house. (laughs) Said, I have a vehicle too. Could go. She comes back. So I call, now listen, somebody had brought over a TV. Somebody had brought like a massive TV into our house. We'd moved our TV out. There was stuff everywhere. So I get on the phone. I start, we start texting our small group. Our small group shows up like an army. And the house is miraculously clean, right? Because somebody says CPS is coming. You don't want to be like, and welcome to this, right? <laughs> so they show up. It's all good. They place this little beautiful two-month-old girl in my arms. And Hope is going through all the paperwork because she's detail-oriented. And I just was like, whoa. And here's the coolest thing, that whole process was, was hard. It was hard to love somebody and think that you might be hurt. But as a Christian, we believe, like, if anyone's going to be hurt, it should be people that have experienced the love of Jesus. It shouldn't be a child, right? It doesn't have to be a bio mom or dad. 
So it could be us. So we, we signed up to be that, those people, and God worked it out so that this girl was going to be ours. And so adoption day is always a big deal. And you go to court, and the judge is there, and you know, a kid gets to go up and bang a gavel, and it's like a big deal. And people take pictures, and everybody's like, oh, I'm so emotional. For me, it was crazy. I, like, it was not, I, I, I thought it was going to be this great emotional, I was going to cry, and I, it was just like, it was nuts. It was a nutty day. My day came a few weeks later when I went out to the mail, and it said, official documents. And I opened it up, and there was my daughter's birth certificate, and on her birth certificate, I was listed as her father. Her birth records were changed. Y'all listen to me. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, and man, so many of us come from broken homes. So many of us don't have great examples of what a, a dad should be like or what love should look like. But man, when you put your faith and trust in Christ, all of that past trauma, all of that hurt, all of that heartache, on your official, legal, heavenly records, it says, Abba, <laughs> God is your father. Man, that is powerful. We become children of God through faith in Christ. All right? And that just brings me to the last point. I, I think this, this might be the, I, they're all good. But I love this last point. It's that none of that can change. According to the Bible, none of that can change. Not an ounce of it. Right? None of it can change. Justification, peace, access, all of those things are eternal. We call that eternal security. Eternal security. It's one of the great benefits of putting our faith in Christ is eternal security. So Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Read those last three words for me. Firm and secure. Firm and secure. Hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. Hope in Jesus. And this hope cannot be taken away. It can't be stolen by the devil, and it cannot be lost by us. Listen to what Jesus says, y'all. This is so good. John 10, 28 through 29, he says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Not Satan, not you, not circumstances, not mistakes. None of it can snatch you out of God's hand. Amen. Nothing. Some of you need to hear that because somewhere along your Christian walk, you've kind of blown it. Right? A few times if we're not looking around. The devil can't snatch you out of the hand of Jesus. If you're his, you're his. Guess what? You can't lose yourself from the hands of Jesus. If you're his, you're his. Your mistakes can't take you out of becoming a child of God. If you're His, you're His. Circumstances, no matter how hard they be, cannot take you out of the hands of Jesus. If you're His, you're His. And this is why we have hope. When we light that first candle tonight, that is what we are celebrating, is this eternal hope that because of who Jesus is, and what He's done for us, that we don't have to live in fear of His return, but we can be excited about His second coming. Praise be to God. So what do we do with that? I'm going to give you some application. I'm going to let you go. 
I only got a few minutes. Here we go. Number one, I think we thank God because of that. We've been practicing gratitude, so here it is. We're going to keep it up. I told you, you had to keep it up. Thank God daily for the living hope you have in Christ. Verbalize your gratitude for His gift of eternal life. We told you back when we gave you the uh, gratitude journals that part of it was you're going to write down what you're thankful for three times a day, but then you're supposed to pray about it. You're supposed to verbalize it, vocalize it. Tell God, God, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful that you never give up on me. I'm so thankful that in in my worst sin, you knew it before it ever happened and you still chose me. You still choose me today. I am thankful that you have started a work in me and the work that you have started in me, you are going to bring about to completion. Let's go. It's going to happen. God, I'm so thankful for that. Right? So we vocalize that. Number two, we need to make sure we confess any known sin that is damaging our fellowship with God. Notice that word is not relationship. When you are a child of God, you are a child of God. You never stop being a child of God. Listen, my kids may do some rough things to me as a parent. They will always be my kids. Nothing will ever break that relationship. Okay? Y'all, we live in a dumb world. Our world is stupid. All right? And this stupid world says you should cut people out of your life. People uh, next to God are the most important thing on the face of the planet. I'm not a believer in cutting people out of my life. I'm a believer in taking it. And I take it and I take it and I take it because Jesus took it from me. You hear me? Somebody tells you, well, your kid, you just got to cut them off. What? Is that what God did for you? Did God just say, nope, you can never come home? Nope, you... Now listen, I'm not saying that, that we fund their problems, but I'm saying the door is always open. The door is always open because that's what Christ has done for us. God has always left the door open. He's always been out searching for me. He's always met me with open arms and given me more grace than I ever deserved. Right? And so listen, we need to confess any known sin that is damaging our fellowship. It doesn't break our relationship. So what does damaging fellowship mean? Well listen, sin still gets between us and God. Okay? It doesn't, doesn't lead to death anymore if we're in Christ but it leads to distance. That distance is usually on our part. Okay? I'm just going to tell you right now. We usually feel guilty. Satan jumps onto guilt, turns it into shame, and then we stop taking the privilege of having access to the Father, and we start feeling too guilty to talk to God. All right? So God doesn't leave us. We're, he, he's there going, Hey, talk to me! Man, I love you. You're mine. I will break you out of this. Just call out. And we were like, oh, I'm just such a horrible person. God can't love me. So we just stop. Stop reading the Bible. We stop praying. God's like, hey, let's go. So, so it can hurt our fellowship. And so if that's you, if that describes you this morning, I want you to ask God for forgiveness. I want you to ask Him to cleanse you. 1 John 1.9 says, it will confess our sin. God is faithful and just. He will forgive us of our sins and He will purify us of all unrighteous, that, that word purified, it's like to make us justified, just as if we'd never sinned. We get all that intimacy back. And so if you felt that distance in your relationship with God, maybe it's because of this second point. I want to challenge you to live that out this week. Third and last, I want to challenge you to share the hope you have in Jesus with one person this week. Share the hope that you have in Jesus with one person this week. If Jesus has done all these things for you, why are you quiet? Can I ask? Why, 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 why would you be quiet about that? Right? I mean, if you won the lottery, you, I mean, you wouldn't tell everybody. You'd be telling some folks, under, under, <laughs> lunch is on me. Right? You'd be telling somebody. 
Man, well, you have won the spiritual lottery. You should be telling somebody. Okay? So I'm going to give you some easy ways to do it. Some of you are like, I don't know if I can just flat out talk about Jesus. Okay, can you take a picture? You're like, what? Take a picture? Yeah, there's a picture wall right out there. It's about Advent. There's some things that say Jesus is the reason for the season. Merry Christmas. Advent with me at FBCE. Like, there's some little things. You just go out, take a picture, post it on social media, tag that you were at First Baptist, invite all your friends. If somebody replies to it, you call them. Period. Super easy. That ain't hard. I can do that. Take a picture, post it on social media, tag this place. When somebody comments on it, then you call them personally and say, hey, I saw you comment on that. Would you like to join me at church next week? We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. I'd love to do that with you this year. Super easy. Make sense? Start this week. Tell somebody about the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to invite us back. Listen, tonight's a big deal. Hanging in the greens. We kick off our Christmas service. We're going to sing Christmas music. We're going to eat little Smokies because I know you're bringing them. Don't you hold out on me. You can work a little Smoky into anything. I believe it. All right. I'm going to pray. And uh, then we've got a few announcements. Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for being so good. God, most of all, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Because of him, we can stand in hope and confidence. Because of him, we can look forward to his second coming, to being with you forever and eternity, God. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.